Welcome to the Reaching In Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor David. The Reaching In Podcast is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Newport News, which focuses on your spiritual growth with an emphasis on sincere devotion, lifelong discipleship, and authentic discussion. Welcome to the Reaching In Podcast. Welcome, everyone. It's great to be back once again with you all. Yes, we are continuing with our series, God and Goals. And we're going to be taking a look at career, school, and finances. Absolutely. But before we get to that, I have a question for you. Shoot. Since we're talking about careers and jobs and finances, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, at different times in my life, there were different things. When I was youngest, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. I thought that was pretty cool. Like to fly in jets or a race car driver. I had a thing for speed. I had a need. A don't, need. Please don't complete that. For speed. Okay. I asked you not to complete that. I Is had a passion. Anything slower there? Slower? No. It was always speed, jets. But then I realized that as I was growing, I got over, you know, close to six feet tall. And then once I passed six feet tall, I was like, I'm never going to fit into a jet and I'm not going to fit into a race car. So I better <laughs> figure something else out. I remember them saying things like, if you have poor eyesight, they wouldn't accept you as a pilot either. Well, thanks for bringing up my I vision. I remember that. I appreciate that. I've been wearing glasses since I was like six or something like that. So <laughs> I guess I should have disqualified myself earlier. That hurts. It wasn't my intention. I, I didn't make the rules. Ah, ah, the pain. When I was younger, I wanted to be Whitney Houston. You wanted to be Whitney Houston. <laughs> when I grew up, L yeah. Listen, folks. <laughs> Not like she wanted to be <laughs> Whitney Houston. No, that was that was going to be my side job. But I just wow. had different. I wanted to be a writer at one point. I wanted to be a judge when I was in middle school. So you could have been like Judge Judy. That'd have been cool. Really? Judge Nita. I didn't think she was cool, but okay. I mean, you know, she had that sassiness, but that grandmotherly sassiness. Okay. But once I got into high school, oddly enough, that's when I didn't know what I wanted to do closer I got to actually graduating. You wanted to get out of there is what you wanted yes, to do. Yes, now that is 100% certain. Um, but I went to I went to college undecided. Mm. At first I thought I was gonna do, um, be a pediatrics nurse. And then I changed my mind about that. And I ended up actually majoring and graduating with a degree in social work. And now you're a teacher. And now I'm a teacher. That's a whole other story. Yeah, that's for another episode, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I did, when my high school career was coming to an end, I wanted to be a physical therapist, or at least they work in the physical therapy field in some way, shape, or form. And that fell through. I went to school and didn't really finish, had some bumps along the way, and blah, blah, blah. I'm a pastor now. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're grateful for the blah, blah, blah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Well, today, everyone, we will be talking about how to set proper goals, God-glorifying goals for school, if you're still in school and college, uh, for your career and for your finances. People might have goals to be promoted and or make more money. Others might just need a job. Today, we want to discuss what the Bible has to say on the matter 
and what goals you should set, if any. I know for most people that that number one is make more money. <laughs> Give me that money. Yeah. What does the Bible say about working or having a work ethic? Well, I believe the Bible has a lot to say in the Proverbs about it. Um, there are a couple of scriptures, then Anita, that you wanted to highlight regarding how we are to work as unto the Lord. Um, growing up in my house, uh, pretty much after lying, the second worst sin you could commit was laziness, laziness. Oh, yes. otherwise known as slothfulness or being a, a sluggard. Um, and if you've ever seen a sloth in the, it's an actual animal, the sloth. <laughs> the sloth is an amazingly slow animal. And that is not a compliment. If somebody calls you a sloth, they are not complimenting you. <laughs> They're saying you are lazy or super slow to do things. But the Bible has some things to say. So Anita, where are we going first? Uh, well, I'm just going to share some quickly and then we can go to a text together. Okay. So in Proverbs 19:15 since you brought up laziness, it says laziness brings on deep sleep and the shiftless man goes hungry. Mm. So there it tells us that laziness is not a good thing. No. You know, and there is a difference between being lazy and taking a break, like right. resting. There's nothing wrong with resting, but being lazy means that you should be working and you are not working. Right. Um, in Proverbs 18, 9, it says the one who is lazy in his work is brother to a vandal. Mm. Or vandal can also be seen or read as master of destruction. <laughs> master of destruction. So, yeah, I questioned wow. that one, not questioning it like I was doubting it, but I was just like, well, what's, what is being said here? And basically, it's saying that if you're lazy and you destroy things, there's a relationship there. You are yeah. related, um, which I found to be interesting. Well, both people aren't being productive. One person is not producing anything and the other person is destroying or vandalizing what has, what has been, been produced. produced. Exactly, so, whether it's been produced by you or whether it's been produced by someone else. Which right. We all would agree it would be worse if it was somebody else's work and you just destroyed it. Right. Um, Ecclesiastes 10, 18, says because of laziness the roof caves in hmm. and because of negligent hands the house leaks my my so that tells us that um mm -hmm. yeah if you don't stay on top of things that sure. they can they can fall apart but what i wanted us to look at as far as what the bible says about having a work ethic is actually in proverbs 6 mm -hmm. 6 11. so proverbs 6 verses 6 through 11. And it yeah. says, go to the ant, you slacker, observe its ways and become wise. Without leader, administrator, or ruler, it, any the ant, prepares its provisions in summer. It gathers its food during harvest. How long will you stay in bed, you slacker? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep? A little slumber, a little folding of the arms to rest, and your poverty will come like a robber, your need like a bandit. Mm. So look to the ant. Yes. We well, can learn a lot from the ant. One thing I learned from the ant is when it talks about in verse 7, that without a leader, without an administrator, 
basically saying that without the boss, it still does the work as if the boss is there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise known as it has integrity. Mm-hmm. You know, this ant is not hopping to once it sees the boss come around, but it knows if I want to eat, I need to continue. I need to produce. I need production to continue. So I better keep working, not because I'm being watched, but because I need that output. I need the, um, I need the results. Sure. You know, I need the food basically. Um, so that was one thing that I learned from the ant. What's something that you learned? Well, as you were talking about that, I think also it shows another I word, not just integrity, but initiative. Mm -hmm. Um, The ant could just sit and wait for the overseer, the captain, the ruler to tell them what to do. But instead, the ant has an internal motivation. Like you said, it may be for need. It may be for food. But the ant isn't just sitting there saying, what do I do? What do I do? I'll wait. It's going forward and doing what it needs to do. But I think another thing has to do with... uh, slumber, um, being lazy, not being energetic and putting energy behind what you do. And oftentimes uh, you find people who, you know, you have that old, remember that old Sprite commercial or was it 7-Up? It was like, where's my motivation? <laughs> and and sometimes you, it's hard because you may see this with, you know, for those of you who are listening and have children, you may find it difficult for your children who are full of energy when they want to do what they want to do. But as soon as you tell them to do something you want them to do, all of a sudden they have no energy. They have the the the, the fervor of a an elderly person. They cannot lift a finger to wash a dish or to vacuum a floor. But let them be, you know, let them have what they want. And all of a sudden they are running, they are skipping, jumping, uh, they're doing whatever they need to do. And so we want to be careful about making sure that we have motivation an initiative to do the things that we're doing. And a lot of times, you know, when we don't have motivation, you find that our productivity goes down Mm -hmm. when you stop having that drive. But the ant, regardless of having captain, overseer or ruler gathers, provides, and also does not allow sleep and slumber to overtake them there. And I love the point that you made earlier that there is a time to rest after work, but before work, one ought not to rest because um, that's a waste that's a waste. And poverty, productivity or lack of productivity and or poverty will overtake you. You will see a lack of providence in your life. You'll see that you don't have supplies in the season that you need them because you didn't work in the correct season when you should have been productive. Mm, that's a word. Speaking of ants, though, I in my research, <laughs> I came across ants actually take power naps. Do they? Yes. The average ant worker takes 250 naps each day. Wow. And they last a minute each. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you slacker ants. This is from kingstownlawn.com. But, you know, the... Solomon didn't know Mm -hmm. ants slept like that when he coined it, but... Because he was too busy doing work. (laughs) So we don't follow the ant literally, but it's, it's a good picture that, yes... I like how you brought up that we should take initiative in things and we should have integrity, uh, I think, is what the Bible is pointing out to us. And an interesting note about the whole power nap thing, it has been widely stated that one of the big differences between the European people and Americans uh, are that our European friends, they normally take much more time off. They mm-hmm. have they take more vacations. Not than just us. in Europe, though. 
um, other, other in other parts of the, of the world yeah. too. Central um, America, I think they do it. And so it's interesting that American culture is so more pushed to more efficiency and more productivity, um, yet our across the pond, if you will, mm -hmm. they are accomplishing their work, but they're taking more breaks. And so, you know, one wonders if America's epidemic of stress and anxiety isn't due to the fact that we're not obedient, not just in working, but in resting as well. Well, let's talk about that. Mm. That leads into uh, my next question, which was going to be, what is the biblical work model? Mm. You know, what you're saying is yes, what other cultures do. And I can respect that. I can get down with that. I don't mind taking, you know, a little siesta uh, or <laughs> holiday. A, a it's break. holiday. Oh it's, yes. A holiday. I'm going on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> but that still doesn't make it what God wants necessarily. Mm -hmm. So what does the Bible say about how we should work? Not just our attitude towards work, which we can continue to, to mm -hmm. talk about that for sure. But what is the biblical model for how we should work. I mean, I what think can it, we learn from that? I believe if you if you're a strict Christian fundamentalist, so to speak, I think you're going to go right to Genesis and you're going to say, well, God created the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day he rested, regardless of whether he needed to rest or not. He did as a model for us, so that we would have six days of work and one day in which we would not do our customary work but that we would rest in him. And that would be kind of like a baseline for what I would say to begin the conversation about how God would want us to work. So, you know, I've, we've heard it before, maybe you've even said it, um, if you're listening, about how God worked for the six days and he rested on the seventh. And yes. we know that he's God. Mm -hmm. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. No. And he's not poverty stricken either. No. So. He's above and outside of all of these things that we've talked about so far, yet he still took a Sabbath. Yes. And so I do think that that is what we need to remember is God did that to show us his expectation. And I, I believe if he took the time to do that, then that's mm -hmm. something that we really need to pay attention to and observe. Mm -hmm. um, what should Christians do as a Sabbath? What do you think we should, how should we observe the Sabbath? Because we're not Jewish people. You know, right. They had certain requirements for the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. um, or do you even believe we should observe a Sabbath? What do you think? Well, I think the Bible tells us to, to rest in him. Matthew eleven twenty eight through, through 30 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, mm -hmm. and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest, rest. unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We get tired. Um, we wear down. As you said, the clear difference between God and us is that we are not infinite, and uh, he is. He has always been. He does not degrade. But we get tired. You know, we, we get sleepy. We get hungry. And Jesus, when he came in the and put on human flesh, he experienced those weaknesses, you know, being hungry, being tired. And so God knows our frame. He knows that we're dust. And so I believe God wants us to, uh, he wants us to work with the energy he's given us. Mm -hmm. It's a way for us to uh, bless other people. When we do our work, uh, we help to provide for our families and uh, we help others. If you're in a customer service field, you're working with people all the time. So you're helping people, which is a good thing. 
and it's a part of us being in the world that this is part being part of being in the world means you're going to work like everybody else because we're all subject to the curse in genesis 3 that we all have to work in order to get anything from the, the ground you know mm-hmm. um and as far as what does a sabbath look like i believe a sabbath this is just my opinion is that it should be a time where we're not doing work we're not fixated on work like if your sabbath is inactivity but yet your mind is constantly thinking about work stuff to me you're not having sabbath rest mm-hmm. um if you're just if you're mentally still going through the motions of work, if you're still worried and concerned, anxious and chomping at the bit or wondering who's not doing their job, maybe you're a manager and you're listening to us. Um, if you're constantly thinking about the company and you're constantly worried about you know, your stock prices or your productivity or your profit margins, on that day of rest, you should be focused on the Lord and what he has done, the work that God has done, not the work that you still have yet to do in a nutshell. Yeah. I would also add to that, that I, I believe that our Sabbath should be a time that we reflect Mm. and, and spend with God. You know, if you're just taking the day off, Mm -hmm. anybody does, you know, anybody can do that. Yes. But as a Christian taking a Sabbath, I think it needs to be more than just, you're not going into the job. It means you need to make sure you're spending some extra time with God that mm-hmm. you are spending time in worship, spending more time in prayer because he's giving you this day, give him time, you know, yeah. give him the day or give him, you know, more of your time since you're not having to rush off to work or drive the kids around anywhere. Give him that time mm-hmm. so that he can patch you up and he can restore your soul mm-hmm. from whatever has happened throughout the week. You know, um, that's what I believe also should be happening on your Sabbath. But in all honesty, to those of you who are listening, Anita and I are two of, and I'm not boasting when I say this, Anita and I, we do not, we have not been blessed with children. And so we focus a lot on our jobs and we are not speaking as experts in the field of how to rest. And so we want to be honest and just say that it is a struggle. You know, Mm -hmm. in America, you're told to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and that if you're not working when you're sleeping, your competitors are working and getting an edge. And there's all this talk about, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And maybe you've heard this kind of stuff, or maybe you have relatives or friends, or maybe you believe this too, that, you know, if I just work an extra hour, you know, maybe if I just get another job, you know, I'll get what I want or, or I'll finally be fulfilled. And God is telling you that as a believer, you need to power, you need to take it down. Like Mm -hmm. there needs to be a day where you're not trying to earn more or you're not trying to enhance your platform or you're not or you're not trying to build your cachet or you're worried about your position being taken or someone else you know um, pushing you out of a position or a promotion there has to be a day where that work that temporal work that you do on earth is not your main priority yes and that is hard because even as a minister in the gospel even as a pastor my wife, my lovely wife and co-host has had to tell me to not, we're not talking about work right now. There, there comes a point in time in the day even where we have to say to each other, no more work talk. Mm-hmm. Like we've given work, it's eight hours and now you're infringing on 10 to 12 hours now. And it's not like you're at work. You're Right now you're just working your brain to death. You're not even working your body. And so 
you know, maybe maybe you're out here and you're listening and you're thinking, you know, this year I want to achieve all these great things and I'm just going to work super, super hard. And it's like, we just want to remind you that Christ is not impressed with your work productivity. He wants your heart. He wants your obedience and he wants you to find his, your ultimate rest, not in the accomplishment or the plaque or the watch or whatever it is that, or the company pat on the back, but that you would be most uh, overjoyed at the fact that your your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, not on the employee of the month plaque wall or whatever the case may be, because we know people are fickle. You know, you could be the hottest thing since sliced bread one month, and then the next month, you you know, they're wondering why they even hired you. You yeah. know, Things and that's can... what Pastor Tony was just mentioning in Sunday's sermon. Yeah, on Shake It Off. Yes. Um, if you haven't listened to that one, it is good. Please go back and listen to that as well. Mm -hmm. But he was saying about compliments and negative comments is how pretty much how fickle people can be and mm -hmm. how one minute they can praise you. And then in the next minute, they can, you know, tear you down. And so it is something to remember is that you, you can't base your performance completely on what other people are saying. You know, even when it comes to to a boss, I, I'm not saying to completely ignore your superiors and what they're saying. I'm not saying that at all. Right. What I am saying is please keep it in its proper place. Yes. And and take it for what it needs to be at that time. But when you start to, as I say, stew over it and you're constantly thinking about it and even thinking, well, why did he say it and why did he say it like that? And and I did, and you're just going, going on and on and on about it. It's like, take it for what it was, mm -hmm. see how you can improve mm -hmm. and then move on. Uh, one thing that David and I, we try to do, and as he said, we're not, we're not perfect at it. We, we do work hard and we want to do our best with what we're doing. But, you know, when we have conversations about work, we try to remember to pray before we move on to the next part of our conversation or move on to other things, especially if we're about to go to sleep and we've happened to have a work conversation, we try to remember to pray and give it over to God, you know, mm -hmm. cast those anxieties on him because he cares for us. And that's really where they should be and where they should stay. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how you shake it off. You shake it off in prayer. Because if you don't pray about it, you will stew over that in the dreams that you have that <laughs> night. <laughs> you will wake up saying, yeah, I was in my dream. I was working. I was back at work again. Like those are the worst types of dreams when you when you still feel like you're on the job. Yeah, I mean, when you because you don't feel rested when you wake no. up because really your brain has been working all night. Yes. Even if your body hasn't, your brain has. And so mm. it, it really can tire you out. And so I think that in this first part of what we've been talking about, setting proper goals is just making sure that you have the biblical view of work, mm -hmm. the biblical view of rest, and having a biblical work ethic. You know, yes. we've talked about so far that we want to make sure that we do have initiative. That's not a bad thing. No. You know, show initiative. Don't don't always wait for people to tell you what you should do. If you mm -hmm. kind of feel out where your boss is coming from, you've, you've sat in staff meetings um, or you're in school and you you know what the professor, you see the syllabus, go ahead and, and do um, show initiative in those areas. You know, If you're the type that you need those reminders, you need to be told over and over again, then maybe a goal that you need to start setting is that uh, you'll start using your calendar or 
you know, you'll get some sort of notebook or whatever to keep track of, of these things better. But we also want to make sure that we have integrity, mm-hmm. that we're not just working when we think we're being watched, but we realize that we're always being watched because the eyes of God are on us. And one scripture that speaks directly to that as we get ready, you know, we're getting close to time to close. I just want to bring us to Colossians chapter three, verses 22 through 25. And Anita, to what you were just saying, I think this is going to speak quite uh, quite at length about it. It says, bond servants or, or workers, employees, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, whether you're a fry cook or whether you're the CEO of a company or whether you park the car for the CEO of the company, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Do it as unto the Lord. And it, it's hard. Again, folks, we are being honest with you. Sometimes it can seem like I'm serving the boss. I'm doing the will of the boss. But you must constantly remind yourself that what I'm doing, I'm going to be rewarded, not just with the paycheck from the employer, but from the Lord himself. And he's looking not just at the work that I do, but how do I do it? Am I doing it heartily? Am I doing everything heartily? as to the Lord? Am I doing it with vigor? Am I doing it to impre- to please my father? There is someone that we should be pleasing and seeking to please at every moment of the day. And it's the Lord, not Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so. Um, but in the process of pleasing the Lord, um, sometimes you will please the boss and the boss will you know, commend you. Sometimes you'll please the Lord and the boss may not commend you. But nevertheless, we're going to be judged and rewarded on how we did our work before the Lord. And I wanna just say there is a reward. You know, a lot of times in Christianity, it can seem like, okay, I, you know, I, I said the sinner's prayer, Jesus died for my sin, salvation is free, but he paid, cool. And it can seem like the Christian life is just a life where I'm waiting for this by and by, and by uh, reward. But there are rewards for serving the Lord day to day. And I think sometimes we forget that or we don't think there are any rewards, you know, because we don't get a pay stub from heaven. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This week you did this. So, you know, but there are rewards for us when we follow the Lord. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so um, reject the thoughts of the enemy that you're getting more out of your physical labor to men than you are from the Lord. There is a reward. You will be rewarded. Keep going at it. Keep keep putting in the time. Keep putting in the effort. don't get discouraged in well-doing. You know, if you're doing a good job, but they're never recognizing you, keep doing it because the Lord sees your efforts. He sees your labor. Maybe the company has never paid you what you deserve. Keep going, keep pressing, keep obeying because you're doing it as unto the Lord and, and bring your requests to God, bring your frustrations to him. We're not saying that you should bottle those things up. If you're frustrated, we're not saying pretend you're not frustrated, but bring those things to the Lord in prayer, you know? Yes. Um, And as we get to the close, some practical things to consider. Find a way to have a Sabbath. Make that a real reality. What day are you going to pick that you're really going to dedicate to resting in the Lord, where you're not going to be fixated on the job, where you're not going to be trying to uh, get ahead of the competition, so to speak? 
you know? And if your job is causing you to work seven days a week, pray and ask the Lord to find out a way that you can have a yeah. Sabbath. It's, it's not just good for your spiritual health, it's good for your physical health. Yeah. You know, our bodies, our, the stress that we're under can cause a lot of sickness and ailments. So consider your work ethic. Am I working as unto the Lord or have I been working as unto men and getting frustrated in the process? Um, that's another thing. And if you haven't been taking initiative, take some initiative this week. Ask the Lord, you know, what can I do to be a better asset to the company or to to the to the place that I work, that I'm able to work? And if you're not working, if you're not employed and you're looking for employment, ask the Lord to go with you in your job searching. Ask him to lead you and direct you. And if you are in a home where you can work inside the home, do your work there as unto the Lord. Whether you're a person that works in a company outside of the home or whether you're a homemaker, do your labor as unto the Lord, no matter what you do. Because it says whatever you do, whatever, fold the clothes, wash the dishes, clean, clean the garage, whatever you do. Do it as unto the Lord. Anything else, Anita, before we close? Well, I was just going to say that uh, next week's episode, we're going to continue to talk about God and goals and this idea of how to set proper goals when it comes to work and finances. Mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to also, uh, oh, we were just going to talk. That's what I meant to say. We're going to talk about how to set proper boundaries mm -hmm. um, because that's important too. That's how you can really observe that Sabbath is if you've worked the amount of time you should be working mm -hmm. and that you rest when you're supposed to rest. Uh, but I meant to mention earlier as well, let us know, what did you want to be when you grew up? When you were a child, what, what, what were the things that you were thinking about doing? We shared ours, so we'd like to hear yours as well. And also just drop any other comments that you have. You know, do you already take a Sabbath? What do you do that shows that you're resting in God? Any of those things, we we love to hear from you all, and we do pray for you all. Yes. Um, we take time we're trying to carve out on Tuesdays. David and I sit down and we pray for each of you. As we see your names in the comments, we pray for the things that you say. So please keep commenting so we know how to pray for you as well. And as always, keep, keep pressing, pressing on and keep reaching in. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were engaged and encouraged. If you're hungry for more content, check out our ongoing Old and New Testament teachings available on our app or through our website, calvarynn.church, and follow us on social media. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the Reaching In podcast belong solely to those individuals themselves and do not necessarily reflect the views of Calvary Chapel, Newport News.